over to Pastor Underwood. Good morning, Hermitage. Good to see you this morning. I'm not sure quite what to say to you. Uh, I'm sorry that I have to be here today for the reason that I am. But then again, I would be apologizing for your pastor and Amy, Brother Jason and Amy, following God's will. And I don't want to apologize for that either. So such is the situation that we find ourselves in. Uh, From my position as your local missionary, I get more concerned when I don't see God at work in the churches, doing things that perhaps sometimes we don't understand or agree with, and they surprise us sometimes. But then again, um, did God not tell us, behold, I have a new thing for you? Indeed, he did. I want to address the church today, not just Hermitage Baptist, but the church in general, and what God's word has to say, what Jesus had to say. So if you would turn in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, I want to share that passage and really focus in on on one particular set of words that Jesus shared with us. We know Matthew 16, beginning with verse 13, as Peter's great confession of Christ. We have that one memorized down pat, and it's a great word for sure. And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, the Word of God says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock... I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Like some of you, I spent a number of years in the military. 26 exactly in the Air Force, and you know, if you spend much time around airplanes, and, and I did as a flight line chaplain out on the uh, flight line, and, and, and you know, my, my wife thinks that uh, I'm just not listening to her, but, uh, and sometimes I reckon I'm not, but uh, those airplanes really, uh, you know, they'll, they'll mess up your hearing. And if you spend much time around airplanes and jets, you learn sign language real fast, because you can't hear people speaking to you. Every time one of our aircraft would launch, the crew chief would salute him, 
Off he goes. Good luck. Hope uh, you get back. Most of the time they did. And then when that uh, airplane landed, and there that airplane is taxiing in, that crew chief once again would break out the sign language. Come this way, straight. Nope, we want you to go that way. Put your hand there so he's not confused. We want you to go uh, that way. Of course, as he taxied in to get on the mark he's supposed to be on, the crew chief would move his arms, and that right there would mean, Air Force guys, what does that mean? Stop. There you go. You got it right there. And this is my word to you today. And if you don't hear my words, read my sign language. Stop, Hermitage. This is the time to be still and know that God is God. And I want to remind you today who Hermitage Baptist Church really belongs to. And I want to remind you, because Hermitage Baptist Church belongs to Almighty God in the name of Jesus, He's going to see you through. I know that this can be a challenging time for a church. I, I deal with churches all the time. But I want you to know that it doesn't have to be a challenging time, a tough time, a hard time. I see churches have great time of this particular chapter in their lives as one pastor leaves and as God's preparing another. But I also see the opposite. Arguing and fussing. Usually the difficult times that a church has in transition is something that um, is of their own making. Because God has an answer for it all. Matter of fact, Hermitage Baptist, I want to remind you that this can be a time of, of great faith growing. This can be a time of, of trusting in God to lead into God. A time of great hope for the future. A time when you seek God's presence and moving and leading in much prayer. A time of, of listening to the Holy Spirit. A time when you can come together as a church family and get very close. A time of preparation for the great things that lay ahead. I want you to know this can be a time when you can get excited because God is at work. Indeed, I believe God's saying to Hermitage Baptist Church these days, Behold, I have a new thing for you. Matter of fact, here in the text that I read today, Jesus talks of a brand new thing that God wanted to do. It's the first time that the word is used in the Bible. This new thing that Jesus talks about in the Greek is the word ecclesia. It means God's called out ones. We know that word in the English language as the church. The church. Okay. God's about to do a new thing through Jesus. It's the birth of the church. Now, I know that you and I are familiar with this word and, and we use it regularly. But not the disciples. They had never heard that word before. 
It was brand new for them, this, this new thing, the church. Yet it was through the church that Jesus was going to get his work done. It was through the church that the cross and the resurrection and the gospel was going to be proclaimed. And it was through the church that the message that God loves whosoever will going to be known to the world. So Hermitage Baptist, I want to challenge you today just for a few moments to stop, stop, and be reminded of who this church belongs to, why it exists, and what it's to be all about. Now what were Jesus' words to Peter? Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. First, I want you to notice, Jesus says, I will build my church. Whose church did Jesus say the church is? My church, that's right. No, us pastors, we often talk about our church. You know, and uh, and our Sunday school and and, and the work that we do. And, uh, you know, I've heard pastors say many times, well, you know, down at my church, this is how we do it. And and over at my church, this is the way we do it. but, But the fact is, is, no church is my church. No church is your church, Mark. No church. And, and I want you to know, too, y'all have got a great blessing in Brother Mark here. You know that, don't you? Amen. And, and, and it's not his church, but he's glad to be connected to this church and, and serving this church and, and has served this church well. And, and y'all are greatly blessed. But, but this is not your church. The church that I pastor on 3 o'clock on Sundays is not my church. You know, Jesus said, I will build my church. This is his church. I've been guilty of saying my church before, and you have been too. I know church members oftentimes say, you know, well, you know, Hermitage is my church. Well, I understand what you mean, but it's not your church. You know, you can drive around this community today and and see all kinds of places with the name church written on the door, can't you? It might be beautiful buildings like this. It may be some storefront down the street. Those churches have all kinds of names. They make all kinds of claims. Their leaders have all kinds of titles. Bishops and and apostles and elders and whatever, you know. They have all kinds of inclusions and exclusions. King James only or Pentecostal, okay? I don't think... There are as many churches, true churches, real churches today as there claim to be, to be real honest with you. And if this is a true church, if Hermitage Baptist Church is a part of the true church, if any church is a part of the true church, it belongs to Jesus. Jesus said, I will build my church. Matter of fact, the Bible makes it very clear in Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Jesus died for the church. He gave himself uh, for the church. You know, I've always heard the phrase, you have two, running around like a chicken with his head cut off. You've heard that phrase? Now, now I really never understood that phrase. So I was a boy about 10, 11, 12 years old. And, and, and I was living in a place where this man had chickens, and one day he decided to harvest some. And he did exactly that. He went out there and cut their heads off. And you know what? Chickens really do run around with their heads cut off. Some of you farm folks know that, don't you? 
Now, chickens may run around with their head cut off, but churches don't because, you see, you're the body of Christ, but you know who the head is? It's Jesus himself. We've not lost the head. Yeah, you said goodbye to a pastor. God's had other plans for Jason and Amy. God's got other plans, a new thing for hermitage. You lost a pastor, but you didn't lose the head of uh, the church. Matter of fact, I've got good news for you. Jesus is still alive and well, and he's still the head, and he loves his church, and he's the head of this church, and he's going to lead it no matter what. Amen? That's right. Yeah, over the coming days and months, you may have to pray more and get in touch with the head. You may have to meet more and talk about things and and form a committee and and wait on the Lord to make His will clear. But He will lead His church if it's His church. He said, I will build. He's saying, I'm going to lead. I'm going to take care of my church. Dear saints, let me gently remind you here this morning. uh, Though the church needs leaders in coming months, it still has a Lord. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And though this church needs needs, uh, Pastor Mark and uh, and needs the deacons and and needs some, some leaders committed to the Lord working together, you still have the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church. The one who said, this is my church leading and guiding you. Yes, this is a time to pray for one another, (coughs) to listen to one another, a time for cooperation. And I want to share with you, no matter what you've done for this church over the years, how you've served her, how you've given to her, how you've sacrificed for her, whatever titles you may have worn over the years, Or how many years you've been here, okay? As much as you may love this church, this is the Lord's church. It belongs to Jesus. And through prayer and through cooperation, when we let him lead, and we don't try to usurp his leadership, okay, because it's his church, great things happen. God things happen. Yet when we forget this, Troublesome times are upon the church. Jesus said, I will build my church. Let's let this church be his church. Amen? Amen. Ah, the bank may own the mortgage, but Jesus owns the body. And here it is. Now, Jesus went on and said here that he's going to build his church. I will build. My church. Now, I know that you recently went through a building program. Great job. You, you survived it, didn't you? I was here today when you accepted the keys and we had lunch together right there. And I know that it's going to enable Hermitage Baptist Church, the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ right here on this corner, uh, to do greater ministry in years and decades to come. Now, as important as, as buildings are, When Jesus said, I will build my church, he was not talking about a physical building. Instead, he was talking about establishing and growing and maturing his church, his ecclesia, his called out ones, his people. He was talking about 
growing his church, building his church, spiritually speaking. Okay? Now, you'll probably amen this. Thank God your building program is over. Amen? Okay, there you go. Okay? And I'm sorry that God has called Brother Jason somewhere else, at least personally, because he was a personal friend and a big supporter, and, uh, and, and we just enjoyed uh, our time together. You may be surprised. Some of you were shocked that, that, that God called him elsewhere, okay? Uh, but, but don't be, please. <clears throat> Get over that shock because what God has done is just a part of the building program, the spiritual building program that God has for Hermitage Baptist Church. Okay? You see, though a physical building program may be completed at some point in time, as yours was recently, but a spiritual building program is never over with. God's not finished with us, and, and Jesus is building his church all the way uh, to the end. He's ever growing and maturing and taking his church to higher ground. Amen. Don't you want that? And now is the time, church. This is where God's got you. Stop. And listen to the Spirit. Draw near the master carpenter, Jesus himself, as he adds an addition to the hermitage story. One chapter's closed now. God's opening another chapter. This is a good time for you as a church body to recenter yourself and listen to the head, okay? And let the Holy Spirit make the adjustments that, that need to make be made as you listen to that still small voice. Let me iterate here today. This is not a time when a pastor is not, when there's not a pastor here, when, when the pastor's gone, when a pastor leaves a church. It is not a time of wavering and floundering and scratching your head and saying, Woe is me. God's been at work, Jesus is building his church. <clears throat> he started a new chapter for you. This is God's will. It's time for the body to listen to the head even the more closer. I remember a number of months ago and planning one for a few more months, taking a mission trip to Cuba. Great trip. I invite you to join with us. You know, most of the churches in Cuba did not meet in buildings like this. As a matter of fact, I was never in a building like this in Cuba. Most of the churches met in homes right in the middle of neighborhoods. Some of them met in what you and I would call a picnic shelter. It had no walls. It had no musical instrument. Maybe they'd bring out a guitar or something. Okay. And, and at first, you know, being used to coming from America and being used to buildings like this and meeting there, it's like, well, this is this is a surprise. But it didn't take long to realize and to be reminded the church is not about buildings. The church is at its very core and heart spiritual. And that's what Jesus was talking about. I want to build my church spiritually speaking. As a matter of fact, as I worshipped, the more I worshipped with the Cubans, the more I liked it. Because whether it was a small house or whether it was a picnic shelter, as they prayed and as they sang and as they preached, you know what? The whole community heard. It was neat. 
That was the church being the church. The church without walls. I mean, literally, no walls, okay? The church out into the world. There, the church is not about buildings. It's just about what Jesus was talking about here. It's about spirit and heart. And somehow we as American Christians, and after traveling in Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Iraq, and Turkey, and and Korea, and other places, we as American Christians, we must get back to what the church really is about and, and, and how Jesus was defining it right here. Not in terms of a physical building, but in terms of spirit. The church is to be a living, breathing, growing, or unfortunately dying. We did have a church here in the association recently shut down, closed. Okay? So churches can die too. But churches are, you know, the way that Jesus was defining it here, (coughs) living, breathing, growing body that's connected to the head and stays connected. Matter of fact, Jesus described it in a different way in John 15 when he said what? I am the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me. Hermitage, abide in the name and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's my challenge to you. Jesus said, I will build my church. Jesus is wanting to do some building here, spiritually speaking. And I want to remind you that that, that our our guide is not um, a building code. And I know about that. I'm building a two-car garage beside my home now. And the building inspector likes to drop by. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Thank God that, 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 that our guide is not a building code. But our guide are, are the holy scriptures. And the building inspector for you and I is the Holy Spirit. Okay? And, and for, the, for the true and the living church, the body that's, that, that, that's maturing and growing... In the Lord. The most important thing are not colors of walls or or colors of carpet. Or or who gets their way when a decision has to be made. But it's things of the spirit. Be in touch with the spirit in these days as Christ builds his church. We as a church must continue to focus on what's most important no matter what happens. One chapter's closed. Another one's opening. God's preparing your man and wife right now. Praise God. Amen? Amen. We know that's true. But right now as you wait upon the Lord, stay focused on what's important to Christ in building his church. Dynamic worship. Discipleship. Good fellowship. Personal evangelism. Missions. Prayer. Folks, there's the half dozen things that, that as a church body, leaders, Pastor Mark, stay focused on. Stay on course. Those are, are the, the, the tools that, 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 that the Holy Spirit uses uh, uh, for Christ to build his church stronger and stronger uh, and stronger. Press on with these things. 
Do not waver. Uh, don't let this blip on the radar screen cause you to slow down or stumble or fall. Indeed, uh, these days can be times of soul cleansing for each and every member of this church. You say to the Lord, Lord, I love my church, but it's not my church. Lord, this is your church, okay? I set my agendas aside, and I pray for your will to be done. It can be a time of waiting on God, a, a time of reconnecting to others. And, and maybe if there's some smoothing out of some things to do, do it before the next pastor gets here. I have been a pastor of a number of churches over the years. And, and, and when a pastor is, is, is praying about and, and entertaining the thoughts and perhaps being led to move from one church field to the other, one of the top questions he asks, I'll tell you the first question he usually asks, why did the last pastor leave? And if you're left under good conditions, then the next question he'll ask is, well, what's the spirit of the congregation? What's the attitude? How do they work together? Not that every congregation, every congregation has issues. We under, there's no perfect congregation on this side of heaven. We know that. But the pastor wants to know, do they love each other? Do they work together? Are they supportive uh, of, of, of one another? I remember the story, hearing the story of the little girl who was late for church and she just lived down the street from the church and was running to church. And, and she, as she was running, she was praying, Lord, help me to get to church on time. Lord, help me not to get late. And, and, and as she was running, the harder she fell down and got dirty and, and she got back up and, and she began running again and she began praying again, Lord, help me not to be late and, 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 and Lord, help me to get there on time, but Lord, don't shove me either. This can be a time of reconnecting to God because Christ wants to continue to build his church. And you need to wait on him. And if there's something in the life of your church or in your personal life that, that needs some adjustments, you know, it might be that all of us from time to time need a little shoving from the Holy Spirit, don't we? It might be that the way that God begins a new thing in the church is doing some new things in each one of our lives. Would you let him do it? Would you let him do it? Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, I know I'm in touch with the world around me. I know what's going on outside these walls. It appears that darkness and evil and godlessness and immorality are having their way, doesn't it? It appears that way. But I want you to know that appearances are deceiving. I think it's a mirage. Christians do not dare dismiss the providence and the power of Almighty God. He's a patient God. Now, it's been happening a lot lately. I don't know whether your ears have been hearing and your eyes have been seeing or your mind's been perceiving or your heart's been understanding. It happened again this past week. Millions of people were going about their daily lives until God spoke. And their lives came to a screeching halt. I can give you all kinds of examples. There are fires. We need to pray for the folks in California. There are floods. We need to pray for the folks in Louisiana. 
There are tornadoes. We need to pray for the folks across the Midwest. There's earthquakes. We need to pray for the folks in Italy. There's Zika, some little mosquito that God can use. Pray for the folks in Florida and, and other places. Need I name others? I do not believe that, that these cataclysmic events are random. I believe that the very voice of a loving God is trying to be heard throughout the darkness and the evil. A, a, a long-suffering, patient God who's trying to get our attention. You know, the psalmist said that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows forth his handiwork. We can just be blessed by a sunrise or a beautiful sunset. Why can't God speak in an earthquake or a fire or a flood? In fact, he can. Ask Job. He heard God's voice in the whirlwind, did he not? But you know, the thing about fires and floods and earthquakes and all, they may destroy a physical church building but they don't destroy his true church, his called out ones, his ecclesia. You and I as believers and men and women of spirit. Matter of fact, those cataclysmic events may draw us closer to him. And I pray that this is a time when, when you're drawing closer to him too because of, of the challenges happened uh, in your church. Do not despair. God's guide uh, a, a new thing. And as you wait upon the Lord, what did Isaiah said? What did he say? He's going to renew your strength as an eagle. Church, another thing, you're not alone. You know, you, you've got brothers and sister churches up and down the road, just right across the street. You've got the association. Uh, down the road, you've got the South Carolina Baptist Convention. This is called koinonia. This is called the fellowship of believers in the New Testament. We're praying for you. We're here uh, to help you. Uh, we're here to uh, help your leadership, okay? Uh, we're here to, here to help your church continue to be the church that Jesus wants it to be until his man and, and arrives. Uh, folks, this is not a vacation from the norm. This is not a time when you just put everything on hold as a church. The church cannot get slack in the days in which we live. We cannot neglect our duties. Matter of fact, our church needs us more and more now, doesn't it? It needs us praying more and, and, and more. Because you see, God said, or rather Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell are not going to prevail. And slackness and indifference... And neglect are the tools of hell. Let's get this. Let's remain constant, vigilant, praying, cooperating, working hard. Because one day, even Christ's building program is going to come to an end. This building program of our spirits and our souls. Heaven and earth will pass away. Hell and death will be defeated. The saints will go marching home. Amen? Me and you, together in heaven, forever. This building may crumble and burn, but the real and the living church will not. Hermitage Baptist, I want to remind you that God is your God, Jesus is your Lord, and the Spirit is all that you need. This is his church. He's building it through these things that's happening, and the gates of hell are not going to prevail. As a matter of fact, to, to use another old Air Force hand sign, here it is. 
Go straight. Straight. Stay straight. Stay right on the path that, that Pastor Jason took you and Pastor Condi uh, uh, before that. Keep your eyes on God. Keep your prayers going to God. He will lead you. Do not let um, uh, human opinion veer you left. Don't let tradition, because that's the way you've always done it, veer you right. Straight ahead. Straight ahead. Jesus will lead his church. And you'll enjoy the blessing. And hell will be denied any part of this new chapter that God is beginning. You might have heard the story of of the man who who died and went to heaven, and and St. Peter meets him right there at the gates. And St. Peter says, and we know this is not biblical, but but it makes a point. St. Peter says, well, great uh, to have you here, uh, and here's how it works. You're going to need to get 100 points to get into heaven. And so tell me about your life down there on earth, and, and, and let's tally up those points, and let's see uh, just in how it goes. So uh, the man said, well, you know, I was married to my wife for, for 53 years, and, and I was faithful to her a whole marriage, uh, and, and I loved her with all my heart. And St. Peter says, great, that's the way it's supposed to be. Congratulations, you get two points. Okay. Whoa, two points. He realized he's got a long ways to go. Well, you know, I was a member of, of my church, and, and, and I was a, a teacher and a, and a leader in the church. And, and matter of fact, I had keys to the church. I opened the doors, and, 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 and I turned on the air and the heat, and I was out there when people weren't. And, and, and Peter said, great. You know, you're supposed to love your church. You did, did a great job. We're going to give you two more points. Two points. Is that all? He knows he's running out of things, and he says, okay, well, you know, I, I, I worked down at the soup kitchen, and, and I fed the homeless um, all kinds of meals uh, over the years, and, and I worked with the veterans stand down and helped those that served the country, and, and Peter said, that's great. You really served the community well, and we're going to give you two more points, and the man is finally exasperated. He said, two points? Is that all? I mean, at this rate... You know, I'm only going to get in heaven by the grace of God. And St. Peter says, ah, bingo, 100 points. Come on in, welcome home. Because that's how we get there, isn't it? Please hear me, I'm not telling you today that, that we're getting into heaven and our salvation is about doing. I want you to know that our salvation is about what Christ has already done for us on Calvary's tree. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then our response to him as individuals and even as a church is a response of love uh, and humility and service and obedience uh, to him uh, and to one another. This is a great time to draw near to, to him as a church. But folks, I want to challenge you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you were standing before Almighty God today and he asked you, why should I let you into my heaven? There's only one answer. It's not about loving your wife, though. That's important. Not about even loving your church because it's not even your church today, is it? It's just about what he's done for us. If you're here today and you've never really invited Christ into your heart, into your life. You know, I ran across a lot of men and women like this in the military. They come from religious backgrounds. They were church members. They had been members all of their life. They'd been baptized as infants or they'd been confirmed as teenagers. And some of them had even been baptized in baptistries like this. And, and, and they believed in Jesus right here. But somehow or another, Jesus never made it there. 
And that's what Jesus is talking about. I want to build my church. He's talking about things of the Spirit. God's got something for you to be and to do in His kingdom's work. But it doesn't begin right here with facts. It begins right here with faith. Have you put your trust and your love and, and, and your faith in Jesus Christ as your, your Savior and your Lord? A lot of folks up here, he's my Savior. I believe he died on the cross for me. But, but this is where the Lordship is right here. You give him reign over your heart and over your spirit and over your attitude, then that translates into reign over your time and your opportunities and your talents and your resources. Can you say today that Jesus is not only your Savior, but he's your Lord? In just a moment, Pastor Mark's going to be standing right here. And if you know as a fact, if you were standing in front of God Almighty today, you have some doubt about whether he's going to let you in his heaven, you come and settle that business with him today. Now, if you're here today and, and you're a Christian and you, you know that things are right, but you've not been walking like you should, you've not been talking uh, to the Lord like you should, you've not been loving uh, him and his church like you should, you might need to walk that aisle. Sometimes it's okay to make that decision out there in that pew, but sometimes there's no substitute for standing up and stepping out and coming to this altar. So there needs to be those times when, uh, when you just simply make your decision public. Maybe you've got to grab your wife or your husband. Because it's a marriage thing, or even your family, because it's a family thing. You come and make that decision today. I want to challenge you, if you're here today with a burden on your heart, has nothing to do with any of these things, you come and pray with Pastor Mark. You kneel at this altar. You're going to come here today, and, and you want to join this church in the way that this church received members. Great. That's what God would have you to do. That's a part of him building his church bringing men and women and boys and girls here. But I'm going to ask one last thing today before I step down and turn it over to Pastor Mark. Now that the shock and the surprise is over with, there's only one thing to do at this point in time. As you wait upon God to pray, to pray, and to pray. I want to invite you to the altar today. To pray for your church. To pray for yourself that if there's something in the way that's going to keep you from being that supporter that you need to be, that God would forgive you and help you with that. I want you to pray for unity in this church. I want you to pray that God would use you in whatever way he wants to use you. I want you to pray that, that God will be preparing that man and his wife that he wants here. I want you to pray that, that God continues to keep the ministry thriving here until that man gets here. I want you to pray for your church leaders because they have a, a heavy burden, a Mark and, and, and Mike and, and, and others, the new deacons that's coming into. Um, but you don't have to worry because... Christ's going to build his church. He's going to lead. He's going to guide the church, as you're aware of it. It might be it's been a long time since you've been at this altar. You come and, and you pray as God will lead you. Could I pray for you right now? Heavenly Father, we come to this most important moment in this service.